Hey, Star Wars fans, this is Ro from the ever-imperial, always-sunny Scarif podcast. Recently, it's come to our attention that there's been a security leak here on Scarif Station. I call on all our Imperial agents to be vigilant and to scan the holonet for news and rebel rumblings. I call upon you to access the Jedi Temple Archives podcast for the latest in Star Wars news. Again, this is Ro from the Scare of Podcast, and that's the Scuttlebutt. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we are recording this episode on Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. All right, it is good to be back. I do not have Tom with me today. He is uh, in the midst of transporting his his household across the galaxy in a light transport. So uh, best best of luck and safe travels to Tom. Uh, Hopefully we can provide a little entertainment for your journey. But what I do have a special treat for everyone this week is Ro Gazga, the uh, host of the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast, leader of the Fearless Red 5 network, and uh, good friend. So looking forward to doing this podcast with you, Ro, and we've got a little ScarifCon action coming up in July as well. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Rob. Um, And just a side note, I lead no one. I watch the interactions of a bunch of wonderful content creators and sit in awe in my little corner of the Star Wars galaxy. You guys are the Avengers. I'm just a guy with an eye patch. You have an eye patch? Very nice, very nice. So yeah, I uh, wanted to do a show before we got to the the opening episodes of Kenobi later this week. Uh, I figured Star Wars Day, what better day to to have a discussion about some exciting new content and to maybe uh, let some of the listeners know a little bit more about a character that unless you've played uh, Jedi Fallen Order, you may not know about, but we've seen some some hints uh, and we'll get into them kind of as we get into the show uh, that they are willing to bring some of the individuals, certainly some of the locations from Jedi Fallen Order uh, into some of the live action shows that we've seen and that opens the door for Cal Kestis to potentially make an appearance as well so, uh, you know, certainly folks that don't know anything about his background, uh, it might be a surprise if he does make an appearance and in the event that he does, I thought it might be a good idea to kind of lay some groundwork Absolutely. Um, it, uh, yeah, Lucasfilm has really uh, given us some hints. Uh, you know, we, um, 
We got uh, the uh, cute little droid in uh, one of those episodes of uh, of Mando, which was kind of nice. Everybody was ooing and eyeing. But one of the things that I love about Star Wars is that it's it's a huge galaxy, obviously. And, you know, even in our world, we get we know each other. Uh, there are you know, you go into a grocery store somewhere and you meet somebody. Oh, I know you, your cousin, this and uh, I was your neighbor's uh, best friend back in the day. Um, so it's not uh, I, I know a lot of people is like, wow, this galaxy is so small. Everybody comes across everybody. But. Um, I don't mind it, and I love that uh, the galaxy, you know, meeting, uh, you know, these characters and kind of crisscrossing it, it gives it a feeling of, you know, one one kind of cohesive galaxy, one uh, group of, of characters that, uh, you know, everybody kind of gets to know a little bit, and, you know, not everybody follows everything, but it does enrich the story um, of the Star Wars uh, by getting to know a little bit about everybody because uh, it's you know it's kind of like real life. So I, I kudos to Lucasfilm for that. Um, I think uh, you know if they bring in these characters from the games, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah, I mean certainly you know as I said before, Star Wars uh, the Star Wars video games have created some really interesting and rich characters over the years. And uh, you know to your point, I think I think it's very true that you know it is a big galaxy and we do see a lot of crossover between these characters and these stories. But the reality of it is, is I think in a lot of ways that kind of helps ground people uh, in the new story that's being told by the game or by the show. Uh, when you have that crossover, you you see something that is familiar or that you know and then it kind of dovetails into into a new storyline and uh, creates a new branch in the tree I guess so uh, I think that that really helps connect people with the new stories that they tell and and part of the reason why a lot of those new storylines work so well absolutely I think uh, I think it should behoove anyone to uh, to be able to want to explore new characters and new situations and I know with Star Wars being so ubiqui ubiquitous nowadays, everybody knows, you know, w we talked about this in the Red 5 chat usually that, uh, you know, the, the nerdum is kind of, uh, it used to be kind of like a little niche, but now everybody wants to be a geek. <laughs> it's cool to be square. Uh, as the song goes, whatever. But um, yeah, I think it's cool. You know, the the, the one instant that, I, that, that always comes to mind is um, after we saw... Darth Maul gets sliced in two and die in uh, in episode one, The Phantom Menace, and then we see him return at the end of Solo. Um, you know, there was a, a very uh, um, audible gasp from probably only one third of the audience because the rest of the audience was totally confused. Um, but I think it's cool that they are able to, you know, draw from all sorts of um, and they're getting get gutsy. They're really getting gutsy. But I, I love that they are being able to draw from different mediums, uh, yeah. the games, the comic books, and just crisscrossing them. Um, I think it makes for a richer galaxy uh, and richer storytelling. Um, and there's always Star Wars. You know, when you get into a new Star Wars, there's always things that need to be there. Um, to make it seem like it's a Star Wars. But I think that palette is kind of expanding 
and uh, you know, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, one of the things that really works for me uh, about Calcastus and the the story that's told within the game is that it takes place during a period that I think is really interesting to a lot of the fandom, but one that hasn't been explored ad nauseum. Primarily, that being that period of time uh, after the Jedi purge, where uh, there were Jedi that did that did survive that event. Uh, there were tens of thousands of Jedi all across the galaxy, and the idea that you know taking out uh, the the core of them uh, with the attack on the Jedi Temple and the the clone troopers turning on the Jedi, there was still going to be a lot of cleanup work to be done. And this period has been super interesting to me because uh, it it brought in this idea of the Inquisitorious that we've talked about in previous episodes. We've now seen them in comics. We've seen them in the animated series. And now we're finally getting to see them in in live action with the Kenobi uh, film upcoming. And that is just another group that that I think uh, when people see them, they're just so visually stunning uh it just captures people's attention right away absolutely um it's you know one of the aspects uh one of the aspects of star wars that i uh that i love um but uh yeah the the games are are interesting and i know you know we wanted to stay with uh with fallen order uh but even before fallen order we had uh vader immortal yes and um, I jumped on that bandwagon right away. Mm-hmm. I convinced uh, my uh, my significant other that uh, the purchase of the 3D environment goggles and, and headset were um, a necessary educational tool for the child. <laughs> and uh, hence, uh, a, a battle was won. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And yeah, I mean, certainly that game, uh, one of the early titles for the, you know, the VR headsets and the fact that you actually get to... Uh, come face to face in that game with vader uh and oh. i'm six four i'm not used to walking up to anybody and having them tower over me but uh the way that game is set up you know vader comes up to you and you're looking up for sure uh and and the fact that you come into conflict with him you get to actually do some lightsaber fighting with you know the feel of of a hilt in your own hand uh definitely it was incredibly and it was an incredibly immersive uh, you know medium i guess to experience star wars and i'm i'm seeing that there's more of that coming uh i'm certainly looking forward to more of that coming yeah and again you know the one thing about these games that is really uh, notable is the story arcs within the games you had vader immortal and everything that happens within that story um and uh you know fallen order um i think uh i think it helps expand the uh you know the the lore of of what we know as star wars and it kind of pushes the envelope of our knowledge um but like i said you know not everybody does everything that uh that star wars has to offer obviously there's comic books and the games and you know the the books and novels and stuff like that but uh you know it's it's fun to be able to kind of dive into different medium and just kind of explore the world around you and and see what sticks you know and not everything has to be you know enjoyed by everybody the everybody's got their own uh, little corner of the galaxy as i said earlier but uh yeah it's it's really great when everybody dips in you know dips their toe in in a little bit of everything yeah and uh i suppose this is probably the perfect spot to really dive into talking a little bit about cal Kestis. so cal was a uh, a human 
male Padawan that served under Jedi Master Jero Tapal, uh, and, and this was during you know the period during the Clone Wars and, and leading right up to the uh, execution of Order 66. So uh, Jero Tapal uh, is notable in the sense that he is a, a male Lasat. So he is a purple-skinned alien. Uh, if you've watched Star Wars Rebels, then you know uh, Gera Zebarelios uh, or or Zeb, as many would call him in, in Star Wars Rebels, uh, was also a Lasat. So this was uh, actually a, a real nice callback to the original Ralph McQuarrie artwork for Chewbacca from uh, the original Star Wars film. Yeah, I was uh, I was really surprised. I, I did not finish the game, and I can't remember where I got up to, but I'm one of those guys that, you know, I love the cinematics. I love the stories that, uh, that are played in between, you know, gameplay. Um, I'm sure I probably looked at, uh, through YouTube to kind of just kind of cut to the chase and see what the rest of the story was all about. And I loved it. Um, you know, later on, I mean, there are, if you haven't played this game, you really should, you know, stop listening right now, go out <laughs> and somehow get, uh, play it or at least play the cinematics because there are, uh, some story points in there. There's some characters that you meet later on. Um, and it's really, it's, it's phenomenal storytelling. Completely agree. Uh, and, you know, it, it kind of uh, gives you a, a, a different viewpoint. I mean, we've seen Order 66 play out within the films. Uh, you see some of that uh, within some of the animated series, certainly, certainly Clone Wars Season 7. Uh, but to get to experience it in in an interactive environment uh, through the gameplay of this particular game uh, is another angle on it that, that most people have not had a chance to experience yet. And it's very visceral. I mean, uh, again, you get to see a lot of the the human level interactions that cal has with the clone troopers uh that are aboard the the ship that his jedi master is the commander of he's the commander of the uh, i believe it's the 133rd uh battalion or sorry the 13th battalion um and uh, you know he's the Jedi, uh, the Jedi commander of that group of clone troopers, uh, and they are just finishing up a, a mission on the planet of Bracca, uh, which is actually where most of the gameplay begins. And uh, you actually get to see the moment where Jared Tapal all of a sudden senses the disturbance in the Force caused by the the death of all of these Jedi across the galaxy, and uh, nearly gets killed by uh, the, one of the clones under his command as well. Apprentice, mark well and listen. Master. Trust only in the Force. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the, you talk about a visceral moment. Um, you know, the entire game is just visually stimulating. You know, you sit there and, and you know, I, we talked about, uh, I mentioned Vader Immortal. And, you know, putting on that headset, you look around and you you have the ability to, to actually look around and, and kind of see and feel and hear. Uh, but you do so in this game, too, and it, uh, there's so much detail in there. I mean, from the beginning, when that probe droid passes you by, uh, you're on that, uh, you know, the, the junkyard, uh, you know, the, as the game is introduced. Um, it's, it's really great. And I think nine times out of ten, I think most of my time spent on that game is just kind of looking at details, looking around and just hearing the environment. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's great. 
Yeah, I, I don't know how you can't. I mean, as you said, it is <laughs> yeah. incredibly visually stunning. Uh, that opening cutscene that you're referring to, uh, where you're kind of getting the ex the exposure to this planet of Braca, and and essentially this is um, a world that is run by a group called the Scrappers, uh, and they are taking these Venator class star destroyers. This this kicks off about five years, I believe, after the uh, the execution of Order 66, and they are taking all of these Republic capital ships and cutting them down for scrap, and what's really awesome is this planet has, uh, they mention the fact that there's multiple, but you do see one Dianoga, it's a giant, you know, planet size uh, Dianoga that they're taking these scraps of ship and just dropping it into its maw uh, so you know it's a slightly slightly larger version of what uh, Luke experienced there in the in the uh, Star Destroyer or the Death Star uh, cell block and it's uh it's really interesting too to kind of see the in between of regimes you know from the uh, the, the, the uh, Republic uh, you know cruisers and stuff like that and you know obviously the Empire is kind of, uh, you know, erasing the past, trying mm -hmm. to erase the past to set itself up um, as the uh, reigning terror in the galaxy or the reigning galactic, uh, you know, order provider. Um, obviously, the interpretation of the Empire uh, depends on who you ask. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. I, I really enjoyed that aspect of the game. And like I said, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, back in the day you had, uh, you know, some games that were just simply, you know, shoot first person shooters and there was no story involved. I mean, they really went to town with this, uh, with these games, uh, especially nowadays where, you know, they are really part of the, uh, the canon. They're part of the lore of, of Star Wars. Um, you are one-on-one -on -one playing uh, in that sandbox, and it uh, you know it just feels good. Now, Brad always says it's a great time to be a geek, yeah. uh, and absolutely, uh, there's uh, there's so much truth to that. Yeah, I, I certainly, you know, as you mentioned, there are videos out there. You can watch a compilation of all the cutscenes in the game, and, and it really does play out like a movie. I mean, certainly there are some jumps in there uh, that would normally be filled ga by gameplay. There are also videos out there where you can watch, you know, someone who really knows how to move through the game uh, can can knock it out in about four hours, and you can see the gameplay plus the cutscenes and get the, the fuller story. But, uh, you know, within, uh, you know, within the, just the context of the cutscenes, uh, uh, there's enough there to really inform you about a lot of things that are filler pieces, uh, you know, talking about what it is like under Imperial rule, uh, how it's affecting some of the citizens of the galaxy, how, certainly how it's affecting uh, a former Jedi Padawan who is now in hiding. And he has to be super careful about using any of his Jedi powers uh, or exposing anything about himself because he just can't be sure if the guy next to him is going to turn him in for the credits or, um, you know, is going to be sympathetic to his plight, and certainly we see some of that with Cal um, there on the planet of Braca. You all right? Yeah. Okay, we gotta, we gotta move. Come yeah. on. What happened? What was that back there? Was, it, was that you? What, that, that was the force, wasn't it? Just forget what you saw, okay? Please no, trust me. I've seen, the, I've, I've seen the stories. I've heard it. Brock, the bounties out on people I like know. you. I know. Yeah, we're ready. We need to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Totally agree. Yeah. So one of the other great things, and I mentioned it earlier, was the appearance of the Inquisitors. There are a few different Inquisitors that make an appearance within this game. Uh, the the premier one being the second sister, uh, who we later find out is named Trilla, uh, and she has a connection to some of the other major characters in the game. But, you know, to your point, Ro, uh, to see, you know, we've seen the Inquisitors in the comics. We've seen them in the animated series. Uh, we have yet to see them in live action, although we're on the precipice of that with Kenobi coming out later this week. But uh, the cutscenes of Second Sister uh, confronting Cal Kestis on Bracco once he kind of exposes himself by saving a friend of his using his force powers uh, in the presence of an Imperial probe droid brings the Inquisitors' attention fully on this planet. Uh, they come to hunt down this Jedi that has exposed himself, and uh, the the appearance of Second Sister and just the menacing uh, demeanor and and the way that they are garbed. I mean, it's an all black. They've got, you know, cool helmets that you would expect with a, a Sith or a, you know, they're not, they're not technically Sith. Certainly Vader and the Emperor hold those titles, but these are Vader's, uh, turned in many cases Jedi who have embraced the dark side and are his, uh, his elite kill squad to go out and hunt down these Jedi. Is this all of them? Yes, second sister. We seek a dangerous fugitive. This is no common anarchist, but a devotee of the treasonous Jedi Order. <sighs> Failure to turn over this traitor will result in a charge of sedition. Turn yourself in, or everyone present shall face summary execution. I think it's time someone came forward. I, uh, I've been working on this heap a long time. Way before the war. We refit and rebuilt ships. Best in the galaxy. Then came the Empire. And engineers became scrappers. The workers? They just started getting worked. Prof. We all know the truth. We're just too afraid to say it. To the Empire, we're all just expendable. Yes, you are. <laughs> No! There's so much tension in those scenes. It's uh, palpable. Um, it's palpatinable. <laughs> I think you just Sorry. coined a new word. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I, you know, again, going back to the uh, the the writing talent uh, of the games alone. I mean, uh, you know, they 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 write these story arcs uh, to be able to play through them. Um, you know, as fans, it's just it's exciting. Um, and it is. It's nerve wracking, especially, you know, if you're sitting down and uh, want to uh, engage in, in, in gaming in this way and, and engage in this in the franchise this way. Um, it really, truly is immersive. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's also a, a venue that they have used to kind of bring some different ideas than we've seen in the films or even in the, you know, the animated series, the books, the the uh, the comics. 
we actually get exposed as, as Cal gets saved from the second sister by uh, a group that he is not familiar with, uh, a woman who turns out to be an ex-Jedi herself who is also in hiding, and her pilot. Um, as they take Cal away from the planet of Bracca, uh, one of the things that we find out in uh, in one of the cutscenes between he and Sarah Junda, who is this, this female ex-Jedi who's essentially cut herself off from the Force, is that he has been damaged by the events of the Jedi Purge. Uh, and he also displays a new Force skill that we have not seen, which is, I think they refer to it as uh, Force Vision, but it's it's the ability to literally touch an object and get insight into that object, kind of see the history of that object through the Force. Uh, and that is something that I don't know that we've really seen uh, played out in really any of the major Star Wars media to date. events connected to it. You feel its history. It's an echo in the force from the object. Not many Jedi have that skill. How would you know that? I was once a Jedi, but not anymore. Do I know you? No, but I knew your master, Gerald DePaul. He was a true guardian of the Republic. He was a hero. Listen, something happened to me during the purge. I survived, but my connection to the Force is damaged. When I meditate, if I let my guard down, I lose control. And it's like I'm back in that moment when- You survived, Cal. And you're not alone. Not anymore. We'll come up on our destination. So um, I wanted to make something clear. Was was that before The Force Awakens? Did this game come out before then? Because obviously we see a little bit of that through uh, The Force Awakens and Rey touching the lightsaber. The lightsaber, that's actually a great point. So yeah, it, it actually came out after Force Awakens. Uh, I think this came out in 2019. So it would have been well after that. Um, but yeah, that is very much the same idea that, that he's touching these objects. I believe the, the way it manifests itself in the game is he picks up uh, an instrument that's lying around on the ship called the Helixet, and it's a, it's essentially a seven-stringed instrument, uh, very similar to a guitar. Uh, and it, it just through touching this, he starts playing a tune, and Sir Janda, you know, comes up and is like, "I wrote that song, you know, several years ago." Uh, so he is able to just just through touching this instrument, um, basically uh, able to recreate the song at a touch. Yeah, that's really cool. I think that's one of the one of the cool new force powers that I really like. Um, you know, they, they could have gone a little further with uh, with that in uh, the sequel or the yeah the sequel trilogy, um, but um, yeah, absolutely, I love that. 
It also is a great vehicle to be able to recover some of the lost force abilities. I mean, he uh, Cal is just a Padawan. He has certainly benefited from some Jedi training, but you would think uh, in a purge, a post-purge environment where so much knowledge has been lost, the Empire is, as we mentioned, going through and trying to erase the past, and a, a large part of that was going through and finding and destroying Jedi temples. Palpatine had uh, essentially raised the Jedi temple and had rebuilt it as his personal palace on Coruscant uh, and and taken all of those items that the Jedi would have held, the holocrons, etc., uh, for his own, they're going to have to have a way to recover a lot of this lost knowledge, and this would be a, a force power that would certainly uh, benefit any Jedi or Padawan uh, in, in recovering that, just being able to touch an object and, and know its history uh, or its you know linkage in the force. Absolutely. Now you got me uh, upset that uh, the uh, Knights of Kylo Ren could have been some rogue Dark Force users uh, on the hunt for Sith relics. Uh, but I guess that's another show, Rob. Yeah, it, it is, and it's uh, it's an excellent <laughs> point. I mean, certainly uh, we know there was some of that in their backstory, but uh, again, there were so many things that just never really got carried through to fruition, and uh, I think there were some missed opportunities there. But, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully Kenobi will uh, kind of pick up at least some of these threads. And uh, we know that we are seeing some Inquisitors in the show uh, uh, coming up very soon. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, to see that come come up. Yeah. And, and to the point that I had made earlier, uh, certainly we have seen BD-1, uh, which, uh, well, well, it's certainly a BD droid. I don't know that we can say definitively that it was BD-1 uh, that showed up in Book of Boba Fett uh, in one of the two Mando episodes, essentially when he was having his starship rebuilt. Uh, and again, another brilliant uh, implementation of a droid in the Star Wars universe. I, th I think that there's only really been one droid that they've ever, uh, that they've ever approached in a film that did, didn't resonate with me, and that was L3 from the solo film, but uh, they generally knock it out of the park with the droids, and BD-1 was no exception to that. Yeah, I think, uh, isn't our friends over at Suation's uh, 3D printing uh, some as we speak? Uh, that they, would be awesome. They're working on my replacement <laughs> leg, actually, but... Uh, <laughs> Lead or, or liver? <laughs> yeah, both, right? Uh, the other uh, the other item that we're going to quickly be seeing as Solo is coming out this week is the moon of Nur, which is uh, one of the moons of Mustafar. It's, a, it's an oceanic moon, and that is where that... Um, Fortress Inquisitorius is, uh, which we see in the trailer, and that is also a, a key locale in the game. Seer, I saw what happened between you and Trilla, what you both went through. I'm so sorry. I was arrogant, I was foolish. I could never understand what you went through. She has a holocron. I don't know where she's taking it. I'm responsible for the path that Trilla is on. And what she does next is the cost of all of my mistakes. Our mistakes are in the past. And it's all of our responsibility, and it's about what we do next that's important. You taught me that, Seer. 
You're right. I know where she's taking it. There's a fortress where they take Jedi, where the Inquisitors come from. It's a place of torture. It's the place I escaped. I just never thought I'd be going back there. You won't be going alone. I'll have a friend with you. No. I'll have a Jedi with me. Neil. By the right of the Council, by the will of the Force, Cal Kestis. Rise, Jedi Knight. You are ready. So are you. So we are seeing more and more elements of this game show up in some of these live action shows. And that's really what leads me to believe that there is certainly the potential and, and I could absolutely see it happening in Kenobi. Uh, I could also potentially see it happening in Mandalorian, although I think I think it fits better with Kenobi. But uh, Obi-Wan coming across potentially uh, Cal Kestis is part of his travels because really the, the core of the game, and we won't go into a ton of detail with regard to the gameplay, just in case people are interested in the character uh, but don't want to have the game spoiled, is that uh, he is trying to essentially restore the Jedi Order, and he's doing so by trying to track down a holocron that contains the list of uh, Force-known children, so or you know Force-sensitive children, so that he can hopefully rebuild the Jedi Order. Uh, and so that quest does end up leading him to the moon of Nur and uh, a confrontation with the inquisitors uh, after a couple other confrontations that he has with inquisitors kind of throughout his travels so uh, you get to see the second sister you get to see the ninth brother or the ninth sister i'm sorry she doesn't look very sisterly <laughs> right <laughs> but uh yeah I, again uh super super great depiction of the character by Dominic Moynihan, uh, who plays Cal Kestis and, and actually has done some kind of live action appearances with uh, Galaxy's Edge as well. I believe that Cal Kestis lightsaber is one of the latest lightsabers that they have released in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and he uh, made an appearance for that as well. Uh, coincidence? I think not. I don't know. It's certainly, uh, <laughs> I was actually wondering because it had happened so long ago that they did, it had to been two years uh, since they did the vote about, you know, which, um, which character's lightsaber would you like to, to have appear in the Star Wars uh, park? And he won uh, the, the Cal Kestis lightsaber, uh, won pretty handily. It must have been back in 2019 that they did the poll, uh, not long after the release of the game. But, you know, certainly there were, you know, Kane and Jairus's lightsaber was one of the lightsabers in the mix, and there were certainly a few others. Uh, but they held the release of this for so long uh, that I think you're, you may be right. There could be some, uh, some thought behind that with regard to the release of that lightsaber. 
And let me ask you, does the timeline fit well? You said that it might work a little better in Kenobi rather than uh, Mando. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to go back in my brain and see if the timing works out well. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at... Uh what five years into the into the galactic empire uh at this point during kenobi we know that luke is it looks to be about you know five or six years old uh maybe a little bit older actually probably closer to, to eight nine ten years old so uh I think the time does work. Uh, certainly, we don't know anything about what Cal's journeys were after the end of the game, uh, although we've got that coming up in uh, Jedi Survivor. I believe they've they've titled the new game that's going to be coming out. Uh, so, yeah, that remains to be seen where his adventures take him. But uh, Obi-Wan uh, is definitely talking to somebody in that trailer about what happened and uh you know cal certainly didn't know a lot of detail he'd been in hiding on bracca for the five years he was kind of out of the loop uh so we don't know uh what his expectation is in terms of how many more jedi may be out there jedi survivor what about uh i guess they don't believe in spoilers I, I guess, guess he survives. <laughs> <laughs> well, it starts that way, right? So <laughs> we'll see. That. Who knows if it ends that way? Uh, any other any other tidbits you wanted to point out with regard to Cal and uh, his adventures? No, you know, I mean, he's an interesting character. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things that, uh, you know, I, I know for sure, you know, for the most part, Star Wars is replete with interesting characters, a lot of backstory. I know the fans really, uh, you know, feed a lot of that. You know, obviously we have... Uh, you know the fans really clamoring for you know a little bit more of gecko our friend dominic pace that uh you know would love to see uh gecko's journey continue to uh hunt down uh, that little green ball of of grogu of cuteness <laughs> uh in uh, subsequent seasons of uh, of mando uh you know everything from uh what's the guy the ice cream guy the willard oh yeah uh, uh, i mean willard i'm no, blanking uh, on it you Will, Will, no, Will, Will Rowe. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the, I think it's, you know, the, the fans, like I said, really feed the frenzy as far as the backstories on a lot of these characters. And I think, uh, you know, uh, Lucasfilm uh, is listening uh, to that at least. And, uh, you know, to be able to... Uh, to enrich these characters in whatever medium that they appear in, I think only helps uh, strengthen the fabric of the franchise. And uh, let's hope that they continue with that aspect of, of their storytelling, uh, because uh, that's what makes things interesting. Yeah, I, I will say that, you know, as we mentioned uh, previously, there are plenty of really interesting characters that have come out through the Star Wars video games. Uh, jumping to the top of my mind certainly uh you've got maybe lesser known characters like a dash rendar but we know that there's characters like star killer who a lot of kids who have come up through playing some of these star wars games uh, are going to be familiar with uh from force unleashed and then uh certainly a character like revan who has an incredible backstory uh through the the uh kotor series the uh, knights of the old republic you end up with these characters that you just can't wait to see if they're going to work them into the the new formal canon uh, through possible appearances. And certainly, there's so much to pull from, uh, even without creating brand new characters, mm -hmm. that I think a lot of people would really um, attach themselves to those stories. 
Absolutely. You know, one thing obviously comes to mind, uh, you know, during the, uh, what is it, the second season, uh, The Jedi um, Mandalorian episode when mm -hmm. uh, Ahsoka mentions, uh, you know, um, Thrawn. Yes. Um, they, uh, you know, I, I don't mind that they cherry pick some of the stuff from Expanded Universe and some of the extra material that Star Wars has, uh, you know, fans have enjoyed uh, throughout the years before the Disney purchase. I think, uh, you know, Revan is a great example of how rich and uh, complicated these characters can be. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing that trend continue, hopefully, with the characters uh, that we are going to be introduced. And, you know, mostly for, for a new audience, but some of the characters that we already know, like the uh, the Inquisitors. Yeah. Um, you know, a group of inquis Inquisitors, for the most part, are, are new to a general audience, but for, you know, uber fans that have followed... Uh, you know, the animated shows, you know, we, we know who these people are. We know a little bit about their backstories. They appear in not, not only the animation, but uh, the uh, comic books. Uh, so we know what's going on. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to kind of maybe educate uh, a, uh, a regular person uh, going forward, somebody that might not be too in tuned with, uh, with the deep lore that, uh, that we get as, uh, I guess, uh, consumers of Star Wars on all fronts, uh, mostly all fronts. Um, but it, it should be an exciting thing. And like I said, you know, uh, Kenobi is right around the corner and uh, looking forward to uh, to the dynamic between these characters uh, as we approach uh, the release of the show. Yeah, and I'm sure there's going to be some surprises in Kenobi. Uh, I know there's been some leaks. I've, I've, to this point, done a really good job of staying away from most of that information. Uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that plays out. I, I think that um, it's, uh, once again, it's this time period after the purge and prior to the events of the original, <clears throat> the original Star Wars trilogy uh, is just rife with potential stories. Uh, I know there's some people who don't like this concept that there are Jedi, ex-Jedi, ex-Padawans, etc. floating around out there during this period. But, uh, you know, I, I think one of the things that this game does is is do a good job of explaining just how uh, reclusive most of these people would have been. Uh, and the fact that, you know, their entire life had been shattered before their very eyes and, and they were on the run. So uh, it's not unheard of that, that this could have been going on out there. You would expect that it probably happened in more than a few instances. We've uh, I think we've seen probably a, around a dozen different individuals now that uh, were affiliated with the Jedi Order that survived the purge. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see more in the uh, in the upcoming Kenobi series, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. I, uh, like I said, I think it enriches the the story, um, makes you think of uh, you know the, the the story a little bit more. And uh, as long as we uh, continue to kind of uh, you know apply our, our our brain trust to uh, to kind of uh, you know talking about talking about these characters, I, I'm all for it. Totally agree. So, yeah, I think we'll wrap it there. Uh, Ro, I really appreciate you coming on today and talking a little Cal Kestis with me. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find you and uh, where they can find all of us this summer in Chicago? 
Absolutely. So uh, we are the Red 5 Network. We are uh, a group of content creators that uh, are just uh, so, so awesome. Uh, a lot of us are going to be traveling to Chicago this summer, July 23rd, at the Murray's Caddyshack Restaurant in Rosemont, Illinois, which is, you know, a little uh, suburb uh, right off of Chicago near O'Hare Airport. Um, like I said, we're, we're going to hang out with Dominic Pace. He's got a wonderful, wonderful um, you know, lineup. He's been touring the country for, for the last few years. We've been kind of piggybacking off of his Chicago visit uh, through a, uh, an event called ScarifCon um, that, uh, th that we organize uh, between all the pods. And it's going to be uh, really fun. Uh, red carpet event. Uh, at the moment, I think there's about 15 or 16 Red 5 uh, network podcasts and friends of Red 5 that uh, have confirmed um, their uh, their inclusion in this little event. So, uh, you know, come on down July 23rd. Uh, there's no time set. Just come on down, enjoy some drinks and food uh, with uh, Dominic and the rest of the team. It's a fan meetup. We, uh, we're not restricting, obviously, things to only Red 5, but it's just a, a way to continue to connect to uh, fandom uh, and the community of Star Wars and geek culture. Um, obviously, Dominic Pace has been such a wonderful, wonderful fan ambassador. He's got some announcements. He's got some products that uh, that he's proud to uh, to be able to share with us. And, uh, you know, his first, uh, what is it, his first Lucasfilm licensed product with, uh, with Gecko the Bonnie Hunter on it. I happen to have mine right here. I do as well. <laughs> I, I know it's not uh, a video podcast, but I just want to uh, show you. There you go. And um, I'm going to put some liquor in that one. That's probably come, a wise choice. I, I think we need to have a, a meeting of the geek tiki's uh, at ScarifCon this year, so I'll make sure that I have mine all packed up. And it's it's incredible. I mean, we've had a, a fun time doing this. God, is this the fourth year? Fourth year, yeah. yeah. Fourth I, year. I can't can't imagine you know having planned that first one, uh, and the first one was not bad either. I yeah. mean, you know, uh, we had a lot of people. We had uh, Alex from the Salty Nerd show up, and uh, Yoshi Vu who. Uh, uh, really was a great discussion uh, out there at Alley Cats. Uh, Yoshi Vu, visual effects artist, ILM at the time. He worked on Rogue One and uh, Rise of Skywalker and a couple of episodes of The Mandalorian. So, again, you know, it's just a, a really nice fan meetup, a get-together uh, with a lot of uh, content creators uh, on the Red 5 Network ticket. Um, and, yeah, I mean, if you want to find more of the Red 5 Network podcasts, go to bio.link slash red5. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ro. Uh, certainly look for Scarif Podcast out there. And I know on your YouTube channel, you have a lot of not only content videos that you've created, but certainly some of our ScarifCon videos from years past as well. If people want to get a feel for what the event is like, it's going to be a little different this year. Uh, new venue, uh, I think a little bit more room, uh, given the fact that it's been growing a little bit every year or a lot of it every year. Uh, certainly you're getting people flying in from all over the country. So that's, that's going to be very cool to see. Uh, um, we're taking over houses on Verbo this year. Uh, Excellent. Just to make sure that uh, we've got space to spread out. So it's going to be a great time. Definitely consider checking that out if you can get to Chicago or in the Chicago area. And uh, as far as we are concerned, uh, we're the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. We've kind of been on hiatus for a while, uh, trying to get back on track. Uh, my co-host, Tom, who is, as I mentioned, moving across the country currently, should be rejoining me here in the weeks to come. Uh, 
Uh, so we'll get back in a little bit normal span of things. But looking forward to bringing more content to you guys. If you want to find us, uh, certainly you can go through red5network.com. You can also go to jtapodcast.com. And if you would like to reach out to talk about any Star Wars content, con- uh, ideas, ideas for future shows, etc., you can do so at jtapodcast at gmail.com. And you can also find us on social media at jtapodcast. So uh, most often on Instagram or Twitter. So again, Ro, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, you guys all have a wonderful week. I look forward to seeing Kenobi and let me know your thoughts when you see it. So we will talk to you soon. Have a good one. Oh my god. And oh my god, happy happy May 25th. Happy Star Wars Day. Happy May 25th. 45 years. So uh, incredible to think that it's been that long and still going strong. Absolutely. We're old. <laughs> we are, but uh, still going strong as well. You guys, may the force be with you.